And welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, where we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. We're here on Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., and Wednesdays at 9 a.m. for a special edition of Tell Me Your Story. Today's program we're going to jump right into. I'll give you all the other particulars a little later uh, they're the same as they are every week, but they're still important. We need to mention, uh, uh, you know, where you can hear us and see us and and uh, where you can subscribe and how you can support us and how you can participate in changing the world for the better for all. And today we are going to take a trip uh, into, I would like to say, to the present, simply because it would be nice if it was. Uh, talking about an organization and a website, Noesis, N-O-E-S-I-S, with the founder of uh, Noesis. His name is uh, Tony Wall. Tony, thank you so much for joining us here on the program. I've watched uh, a little bit and read some of uh, what you've got on your website. And uh, it's kind of like I said to Jacques Fresco. He was a visionary and a, um, uh, an architect of the future. Uh, and he described his vision of the future, and I says, well, why can't we have it now? I want it now, because I don't like the way things... So um, it's great to have you here now, and uh, I hope that we can bring about some of these changes pronto, my friend. Well, I'm humbled to be here. Thank you very much for having me, and um, those are kind words. I hope we can deliver. Uh, we yeah, can. It's, it, it is one of those things. I, I guess, first of all, I mean, I'm... My father is 90 this year. He actually turns 91 this year. Um, uh, he's, he's more frustrated with his physical condition in spite of the fact that he's healthy as a horse, all right, on the biochemical, if you will, and physiological uh, perspective. He's got a little stability issues, little hearing issues. I mean, you know, he's 91 years old. A uh, little vision problems, but other than that, he's healthy as a horse. Uh, said to my mother the other day, I'm just ready to go. I, I just, I just want to go. To which my mother, knowing his health condition, says, okay, so what are you going to die of? The same thing can kind of be said of our civilization. On the one hand, it is moderately healthy, okay? We'll, we'll, give, we'll give our society and our civilization a little credit, okay? But it's still got some problems with its stability and with its hearing uh, and seeing what's real and being able to communicate and the, and the, the paralysis with the, the polarizing paralysis, I'll put it that way. Uh, so on the inside, yeah, we're doing fairly well, but on the outside, not so much. Uh, what do you bring to the table that can fix that? Well, we bring what will su greatly surprise people, I think, first, let me just put that in place. Um, that's been a, a recurring theme that we are greatly surprised, people are greatly surprised by our take on this. Everything has an explanation. So we are fact-based and we are professional explainers, as you will see. The reason why is because that blame and judgment have no utility in problem solving. So um, we are here to problem solve for human sustainability. So the first thing we needed to do, it was to divorce ourselves from <clears throat> our emotions and become observers. So we are a collection of observations as opposed to judgments because 
human beings don't sit still for to be judged or blamed. And there's a reason for that too. They will sit still for an explanation. Now that makes sense. Okay. We're talking about Noesis. It's a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping the human species achieve sustainability. And a helpless and exhausted humanity has suddenly arrived to a place that feels far less promising than we were taught to expect. I will tell you that when the COVID era, as I like to call it, started, probably about a little over two years ago, uh, I was actually thrilled. I was excited and ecstatic, my friend, because I thought we're doing something different this time. We're actually shutting things down, which is what we should have done in the first place the first time the influenza struck and it would have been over and we wouldn't have the problems year after year, wouldn't have needed a vaccine, but we didn't do that. But we did something different this time. Now, that means that when we come out the other side, when and where that is, it's going to be different. We may not like it, okay, but it's going to be different. And I thought that was exciting. And then the other thing was all of the opportunities we don't even know exist that we're going to be presented with. Opportunities. I mean, a lot of people, there were some people who actually, they didn't, they didn't become millionaires, but they were able to make a few dollars making protective wear for the, the medical community as well as the general public. I mean, you know, you saw websites that popped up making masks and that type of thing. That's, that's as they say, the entrepreneurial spirit of America, right? Uh, so I saw, I saw the half glass full kind of thing. Yeah, I didn't want anybody to die. I've, been, I've only been tested recently. Nothing. I've not had any problems. My wife was furloughed for eight weeks from her job in 2020. She has a, she's been tested multiple times because she works in the medical community. Negative, 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 which is great. We both had our uh, initial shots. Okay. We kind of followed the protocols in that regard. And here we are. And there are predictions of this and that and the other thing, you know, and uh, another wave. Are we going to have another wave? Are we not going to have another wave? Is it going to be okay? What's, what's the deal? And it seems to me like maybe with your organization, which has not been around for that long, I mean, certainly years, but still in the totality of human history, uh, do you think that maybe these challenges we faced in the last two, three years, and maybe even uh, the five or ten years, has actually maybe um, helped to open the door for Noesis? Well, I want to first put this in uh, in place. If we were we came into existence in 2018, well before pandemic, so we're certainly not a cottage industry that arises from pandemic that suddenly we're going to. Uh, roll out something about human sustainability. We existed before pandemic because of a very inconvenient fact. And one I'm able to defend, I believe, and that is that human human beings are, are not sustainable in any way. Um, I, I can and will defend that. And that's what we're going to do here. Uh, we never have been. There are reasons for that. We don't do theory here. We don't do theory. Mm -hmm. We hold our conclusions to be inarguable. Um, because we are fact-based and the worst that we'll ever, or the more, most that we'll ever risk is something that stands to reason on its worst day. So when you stay, when you're going to come out to the world talking about sustainability, you better it'd be a real good idea not to be full of crap right out of the gate. Uh, 
because nobody's going to sit still for it. Human beings don't have the luxury of theory anymore, do we? Mm. We need answers. So um, the first things I like to say will greatly surprise. Um, what do I mean? Well, when I say we are not just animal anyway, it's not opinion. Um, the models that are all around us are the same models that disassembled and destroyed every single human culture that's ever existed on Earth. Um, are we in an awful place? Yes. Have we been here before? Most certainly, yes. Um, and what it looks like right now is exactly what it looked like for every single human culture to ever, ever exist. So we're talking about socio-mathematical constants as opposed to something we're doing wrong. Mm. So as far as, let me speak to us coming out the other side of COVID. Um, we've made changes. We've put things in place that we think that will uh, be more friendly to us arriving to a sustainable future uh, at great risk. But uh, I explained that we need to curb our enthusiasm here. Uh, we're going to, as things get back to normal, we're going to fall right back into the same patterns. And I want you to, I, I want you to hear the word pattern. The first thing we understood here is that human failure occurs in eerily precise fashion. Um, our history books always explain the situational phenomena from one failed culture to another. And when we, if we were to read three or four of these history books, it should begin to dawn on us that we're reading the same play with different actors. Mm -hmm. So the situations that we read about, the situations sell our history books. We're, we're watching a socio-mathematical constant play out over and over and over, one that can be greatly explained now where it couldn't be before. And that's what we do. Um, we are here to examine the evolutionary timeline of the human species, which 50 years ago is of some conjecture, but which today is of no conjecture. Um, we have a window of self-discovery open. We can determine who we are for the first time. And we have this information where no human culture before this ever did. Mm. So past cultures, they had no, they had no choice mathematically, but to fail. They never knew that it was nobody's fault. The constant is now an element, which I'll explain here as we go. Well, Tony, uh, Tony Wall's my guest here on the program, and we are talking about an organization called Noesis. Noesis.org uh, is the, uh, let me, and I'm going to confirm that just one moment here. Yeah, it is uh, Noesis, actually. It is actually Noesisproject.com. Noesisproject.com, that is the website, which we will be linked to as we continue talking with Tony Wall, founder, on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and... This conversation I've been looking forward to with Tony Wall of Noesis, uh, noesisproject.com is the website, and we certainly hope that you folks will uh, listen in because this is, this is where the rubber meets the road in terms of this program. We're looking for those new ways of living because the old ways do not work. All you have to do is look around you. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want to be the, the bearer of, of, of bad news from an observational standpoint. I was 15 years old, Tony. 
15 years old, learning about my pending entrance into the workplace, and I began to think about the process of getting a job, holding a job for a number of years, getting raises every so often, and so forth. So I ran the math in my head, and I came to the, the conclusion, which is being born out today. They can call it inflation. They can call it whatever they want. It's called unsustainable, but it's being born out today. That the capitalist system, when it comes to workers, is unsustainable. My father worked at a company for 30, maybe 35 years. I've worked at two different stations now for 15 and 16 years. And uh, the first job, with, which was 15 years, I started out at minimum wage in uh, 1980 with 3.65 an hour. When I left 15 years later, you'd think maybe I might be making 12, 14, 15 years. I should be making 15, maybe 20 bucks an hour, $7.35 an hour. Okay, after 15 years, that was it, double. I made double in 15 years. If somebody's working at a company and they say they want to stay there and they like the job they're doing and so forth, but they know that they've got to keep making more money because the other companies that they do business with, like the grocery stores and the gas companies and so on and so on and so on, uh, their employees, they want to get raises too. Well, where is the company supposed to come up with the money? They raise the price of their product or service. All right, they raise the price of the product or service. Now my buying power has gone down, so now I need a raise. So I get a raise. Now our product or service has to go, the price has to go up. And this cycle, again, is unsustainable. You know, and yet people, uh, and I guess, uh, well, wasn't it uh, uh, Winston Churchill who said of all of the isms, if you will, uh, on the globe, democracy is the worst, but it's the best worst one or the worst best one we've got. Well, I've got good news and bad news. The good news is that uh, sentient creatures must be free. It's that simple. Um, we are sentient creatures. The only choice for us is capitalism, period. And let me jump right in here and say you correctly know that our brand of capitalism is not sustainable in any way. And then I jump in with, it's our only choice. So where are we going here? Well, you again, this, this goes about back to the surprise. Mm -hmm. We let's, why doesn't it work? Let, let's, let's go there right now. Okay. Hey, uh, first of all, the, I talked about the human evolutionary timeline and the fact that it's a very vast field of crops now for us to harvest, whereas it wasn't ever before. What's back there that can help us? Well, maybe it's the only thing that can help us. And if we know where to look, once we see it, we will never unsee it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what is this event that derailed the human race? Now, I want to make this double down here. We were, in fact, derailed. And if you think about of a derailed train, it's laying on its side. I've never seen a derailed train Put itself back on the track. Mm -mm. It needs heavy equipment. Okay, um, this derailed train is the mathematical constant of why we fail, and here it is right now. Um, human beings are hardwired to assist and to be assisted. That was hardwired into our DNA during the course of two hundred seventy-five thousand years of human migration from our 
point of origin, which is no longer in, um, in conjecture of any kind. And that is the African Congo Basin. That's where we started. Um, I want to also explain quickly here that if somebody comes to me and says, I don't think that's true, I will say to them, again, surprisingly, um, I will fight alongside of anyone to believe whatever they wish. Once we're done that fight, we go back to the central assumption here, and that is the human beings, in fact, evolved on this earth, and that we have our uh, our point of origin in Central Africa. Okay, they, those are our central assumptions for the point for problem solving. Okay, we're here to problem solve, mm -hmm. not to describe the end of humanity, as you'll see. What happened to us? Well, pardon me. Sorry about that. I, that's rude. I'm that's very right. sorry about that. Continue. Uh, so human beings <clears throat> came off of this 275,000 year period of highly co collaborative behavior. Collaborate or die. Let me just put it straight out to you. Collaborate or die. So we were very proficient at it. Very. It's, it's wound around our bones. What would test it? The following. Collaboration yielded to acquisition in a, in a phrase. Mm -hmm. Collaboration yielded to acquisition. We're talking about random evolutionary events. The minute we inject blame into it, we, hold, we have no value whatsoever. Because here's a, an inconvenient fact. Blame is, is, is a threat to the human mind. It's a threat. So when we blame people, and they reject our blame furiously every time. We wonder why. <laughs> we don't here in Louisiana. We're threatening people. And yet somebody figured out that this rings cash registers. Um, and, and they were right. They were right. So let, let me be clear. We monetize what kills us. So we're in a fine mess here, Richard. Mm. A fine mess. That's a, a, a reasonable way to put it. Um, and we don't bring any value by soft peddling these issues. So... Just like your doctor, he, he's going to explain what's going on first, and then he's going to get busy explaining what to do next. So <clears throat> we are unsustainable because of something well-known as opposed to because of something like, gosh, what's going on? <laughs> what's going on is absolutely knowable, and it's this. <clears throat> um, well, there's a war going on <laughs> in the human mind. One that wants, we were born to assist and to be assisted. And we look around and, and we see people of our own kind, the ones we were born to assist at each other's throats. What the hell happened here? Well, it was, the human heart was broken. The moment that a lesser being was brought into being, a lesser being appeared in a financial meritocracy, a when we were out of places to run Rome to 20,000 years ago, our populations became bigger and bigger and bigger. We were now stationary beings, not migrating beings. So these are two different dynamics. So our DNA wasn't ready for what would be demanded of it. Um, and that is that we created greater and lesser beings. Nobody got together and said, Let's destroy the entire human race. No, no, nobody knew. No blame, judgment, out the window, okay? How did we get here 
is the question. Mm -hmm. So once we became stationary, behaviors of acquisition fell in. Greater and lesser beings were created. Our financial meritocracy was created. We call this today capitalism. We think we're a democracy. At Noesis, we, we must intrude, uh, inconvenient fact must intrude. We are a financial merit, meritocracy globally. I mean, let's, let's get real here. I mean, we're going to have to get real if we're going to find sustainability. We are a meritocracy. Um, the dynamics of meritocracy unchecked are mathematically preordained failure. In fact, they will fail in macro situations like countries, and they will fail in the kitchen of a restaurant. Show me a diminished human being and I'll show you trouble. That's simple. So we have two concerns going on here. Number one, a greater being 10,000 years ago, a greater being deluded itself that it was greater. A lesser being would spend its entire life escaping the lesser station assigned to it. So we're not breaking any new ground here, are we? For the first time, resentment was introduced to the human experience. Resentment mathematically defaults to vengeance, vengeance, plots, insurgency. Again, we are, uh, we're talking about common sense on steroids. Okay. This is a socio-mathematical constant, not a human fault. We have to get completely away from self-loathing that we've arrived at today. Mm -hmm. We're a self-loathing species. We don't like ourselves as a species. That's fair. That's why we act in suicidal fashion. But if we were to understand what happened to us, now we could cross over from blame and judgment over to viewing ourselves with empathy. And I would, I would suggest that we better get busy with it because we are out on the ledge and we need to get talked back in and self-loathing chooses suicide, but empathy would choose to preserve itself. Mm. We're talking with Tony Wall and he is with Noesis. Noesisproject.com is the website. And this is Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. And uh, we are talking about uh, sustainable humanity, sustainable humans, if you will. The mission of uh, noesis, and we'll get the definition in a moment, is to identify and describe uh, the machine-like action of evolutionary relics inside of us all against which we are largely powerless in the modern day. And to bring them into view will open a window to human sustainability. You know, you, you said an awful lot in that last, uh, last portion there that made me think about this whole aspect. There's a question that I was asking. I don't ask this question anymore because I suppose it isn't really fair. Uh, there's so much that's ingrained that's that's in our DNA that, you know, it seems like, oh, okay, that's just the way it is. You know, in our DNA, we get two arms and two legs and there's nothing I can do about it until they can manipulate it under the microscope. But uh, one of the things that, that I've, I've sort of come to, to realize, and I've asked this question, based upon man's inhumanity to man for centuries the question is does man deserve the right to continue as a species 
I'm not talking about annihilating those people who are here. I'm talking about stopping the procreation, procreative process, saying no more. We're not going to have eight billion and that's it. We've re we've peaked and we're not going any further because we don't deserve. Do you and Noesis, in your uh, estimation, in your observation, uh, believe that man actually does deserve to continue on? I mean, my God, we we've never seemed to be able to get along. We always find reasons to fight each other and kill each other and so forth. I mean, you know, forget the Ten Commandments. You know, we, we can't even... We can't even live by one of them. <laughs> yeah, we, we were placed in we were placed at one another's throats by the dynamics I just explained. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we are acting clinically unnatural to our DNA, clinically unnatural relative to migratory DNA, um, clinically um, unnatural. The the word clinically is central here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we 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 don't even recognize what we're looking at being at each other's throats. It so greatly troubles us. Why? We don't recognize it right here, right here where we live. Um, so to answer your question, I'm going to evoke uh, a great Western by Clint Eastwood. It's called Unforgiven. Mm -hmm. And at the end of it, he said, deserves got nothing to do with it. Okay. So we need to go there and, and because deserve evokes blame. And blame, I, I need it, it. It seems a little convenient for me to say there's no blame. No, it actually has no utility and we don't deserve it. Okay. So here it is. What we've become is not survivable in any way. It never has been. Mm -hmm. What we are at heart damn well deserves to survive. And that's what's crying to us to save it. Okay. We are injured, frightened, and broken. We are not flawed. We're injured. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, now I just put out an, an an empathic view of of humanity. I look upon the entire of all humankind as it's tragic what's happened to us, as opposed to we're cosmic jokers and losers. Where we all, why would we blame our child with matches for striking them repeatedly? They don't know better, okay? We don't know better mm -hmm. because we never had data that we damn well do now. Um, so when I say a window to sell or a, a self-discovery for the human race, I am being deadly serious. We can know who we are for the first time ever. So, and now when we need to, there it is. So that's where we're going. We're gonna go into the mankind's past determine how we got here. Now, look, let me tell you something else, too. We fancy ourselves to be blank slates at birth. At Noesis, we cannot, we cannot concur. We point out inconveniently that we are, our generation is the, we have 200,000 generations of ancestors right now. The totality of evolutionary influence pushing down on our present moments who do we think we are trying to defeat this? And why would we blame ourselves for our inability to defeat compulsions and impulses that activate 20 times faster than the thinking brain? So right away, we're overmatched, we're overwhelmed, and we are blaming ourselves incorrectly. I want to stress this. We are blameless. 
if we ran across a child that was lost and they said, I'm lost, who, who among us would not drop what they're doing to make sure that lost and frightened child found its way home? So we are lost, frightened, and injured beings, and we're acting every bit of it, All right? We think we're dealing with, we think we're fighting about politics. Again, in Oasis, we cannot concur. This is tribal one-on-one behavior, existential fear. We are beings that don't know how we got here and we don't know how we're leaving. Right there, what sentient being would not fear that? And then to top it off, we see what we don't understand falling apart. Okay, so the fact that we are frightened and broken is not a hard sell. You know, um, the 2016 presidential campaign, um, I, I gave it this name, the campaign of victimhood. It was everybody else's fault that we had all of these problems. And I'm going, wait a minute, in the 1980s, when I was going through my own personal growth and development programs of LifeSpring and uh, this and that and the other, uh, it was victimhood. And it was my mom and dad that did this and that and the other thing. Now, first of all, I've never blamed my parents, okay? But that was the general uh, consensus in psychology back then, that it was somebody else's fault. And then we started to move into the 90s. We started to understand codependency. And then we started to move into interdependency, understanding that we're interdependent on one another. There are no victims here, you know. And, uh, uh, and then all of a sudden, in 2015, it's like, what are we doing here? We, we just did this in the 80s. Stop this. This is insane. Because it's not somebody else's fault. You know, I mean, I, I mean, if you're going to cast blame, which is a stupid thing to do anyway, but if you're going to, we're to blame. We did this to ourselves, you know, by the choices that we've made. We talk on this program, Tony, about choices and knowledge of those choices to help make people's dreams come true. And I talked with one of my guests some years ago and we were chatting and I said, yeah, you know, I've heard it said that, you know, that all of the choices that you, Tony, and that I have made from the time we got onto this planet up to this moment have brought us to this moment where you and I are having this conversation. It's amazing, right? Well, I didn't know that, you know, 10 years ago I'd be here talking with you, but here I am. And that all of the choices that I make now and into the future, maybe the next five years, are going to put me where I will be in 10 years, in 15, and 20, and 30. My guest added another element that I hadn't even thought of, and I thought this was rather profound. And I think this is where noesis really comes into play here. And, I, of course, I'm going to have you elucidate on that. He said that all of the choices that you make from this point forward are based upon your perception of what you think the future will be, your future will be. If you're a pessimist, half glass empty, or a pe- uh, an optimist like myself, half glass full, your choices are based upon those perceptions. And so you end up creating the reality, as is often said on many programs, you know, we create our own reality. Uh, what are your thoughts in regards to the choices and perception of the future and choices in terms of, uh, I, I, I guess the one phrase is learning from history, because 
I'll be tell I'll tell you right now that is one of the dumbest phrases I've ever heard in my life because we don't we don't learn from history. Um, we we have no capacity to. We're now. I have to explain this, and I I do apologize if I miscommunicated. Um, we again a crossover event that I just explained actually set us adrift. Um, so we've been. Uh, the human brain relies on logical flow to survive. Mm -hmm. That's why nobody puts on their shoes first and then their socks. In the present, in its present moment, the brain will always choose logical flow. But there is no logical flow when we rise from the ashes and we create the same cultures over and over. There's no logical flow. That right there, that right there suggests uh, that we are succumbing to something that's going on in areas of the brain not consciously available to us and why because we choose logic but there's no logical flow to that okay that means we're not in our present moment we don't we're not making choices of any kind we're being pushed around by evolutionary compulsions and impulses too too strong uh, to defeat mm -hmm. and too many to count um Again, I have to go back here and stay here. Choices, we're not making choices. We're marionettes to ancient puppeteers. And we are answering ancient bells. We are literally misinterpreting our environment. We're misinterpreting threats every day. We're fighting enemies that long ago died. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, that so we're misinterpreting our environment. <laughs> what could go wrong? And then we respond with what has to be a misaligned response. Again, I just, I just, I just put it in a logical way. It has to be misaligned. So we're when a misinterpreted threat comes out of the gate, and then we respond with a highly misaligned response. We look around, and now it makes sense, doesn't it? Now it makes sense. We can get busy with this as opposed to. It, 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 we, we'll stay at each other's throats because it gets us paid. We monetized what kills us. Not maybe. So I, I call it a fine mess. Let me double down on that. But we have to understand what's going on to come to the aha moment that we're not going to survive this. Not because we don't deserve it, but we don't have the data. Mm -hmm. We don't know who we are. We can't know who we are. You know why? We've never met ourselves. Right? 200,000 prior generations of humans, we don't know who we are. So we need to get to know who we are. And then we need to view ourselves with empathy because only empathy will choose preservation. Here we're going, we're circling a drain. Let's get it right out there. And if we don't bring a process to bear upon it, it, it a constant foretells the future. What's always happened to humans is happening to us now. We're going to go down by the same way. This is not a discussion. This is math. Yeah. So you are of the uh, uh, perspective at this point that uh, humanity is headed for, uh, as some would say, its sixth extinction event. No, I, well, yes, and, but let me put a wayfinder point on this for everybody. Let's 
Let's right. run the numbers. Okay. Let's run the, let's run the numbers here. Um, during this conversation, um, maybe three or four uh, species will go extinct. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll lose 150 today. Um, since the dawn of life on this planet, say three billion or so ago, uh, years ago, 99.9% of things that ever lived here are extinct. Okay. That's 5 billion species if you're keeping score at home. You know, um, it would appear that extinction is the norm and survival is the exception. I credit that to Carl Sagan, by the way, that, you know, he correctly said that. So what did I just do? I just demystified the entire idea of, of, um, of extinction. It would make us eminently normal. Yeah. So us, and we just running around the stage, waving our hands, where we're all going to die, brings no value. But what need, what's going to happen to us need not. And I want to make this clear, mm-hmm. need not, because of data we have now. Right. Okay. Right. Um, so that's what we're here to do, impart this data, not just point it out. Everybody can point it out. We can just go see, we can meet tonight and go see the latest dystopic movie. It, you don't need Noesis to tell you this. Um, so extinction is norm, survival is, uh, is the exception. We are happy to, to wait for Mother Nature to select us in ever, any way she will. But what we will not do is sit still for another minute as we select ourselves for what need not be. Hmm. There are so many truisms human beings labor under. Let's expose a few of them here. It's only at the precipice that we evolve. Nonsense. That would mean we would know something that we don't know now. At the precipice, we will not evolve. Okay, we won't. All right, these are great movie lines, aren't they? Mm-hmm. They just don't have any value in real life. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. you know, um, so again, we also we do a series on cliches that don't work for us anymore. And we're trying to have a, a few laughs here. Come on. Sure. Um, what what I, I, just, I just finished was sticks and stones can break my bones, but names can never hurt me. Really? Well, names destroy me every day. And they destroy you. Mm-hmm. They can cut deeply. All right. So we're so these delusions, these lies we tell us, these rationalizations, we, they have to be identified and expelled first. Now, you know, names will never hurt me. False bravado, how's that working out? Any good? You know, we're, we're, we're in trouble. We're in crisis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we need to view ourselves as deserving random uh, natural selection is random it relies largely upon luck and this brings up some a little ditty called um commitment to extinction <laughs> people say i never thought about that and yet we're here to tell people what they never thought about mm-hmm. extinction means the lights are out but all five billion species that went extinct committed to their extinction long before the last of their kind fell. Commitment and extinction are two vastly different things. We are here to address commitment. Yeah. No yeah. bell's going to go off. Nobody's, we're not going to get a bulk email. All 10 billion of us, we just crossed the line, the mathematical line past which we cannot return. 
is there going to be no bells going off? Yeah. We will not know. So are we fence walking this now? I think it's reasonable to say yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, I think it's also reasonable to say that was rude too. That's a phone that never rings. Please forgive that. No worries. We're talking with Tony uh, Tony Wall, and he is uh, founder of the Noesis Project, noesisproject.com, which we will be linked to as well as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. And it is uh, always, uh, I always enjoy these conversations because I learn an awful lot uh, uh, one one program we were talking and I shared my perspective and my guest said, well, that's good, but let me share you my perspective on yours, which he did. And I, I listened and I thought about that and thought about it. And I said, well, there goes another one of my grass huts up in flames and I'm willing to burn them all to the ground to start over if I have to, because uh, I don't have all the answers. Uh, I have a few answers, but they only work for me for a short period of time, it seems sometimes. And one of the things that I find so fascinating, uh, Tony, is uh, is that, um, as I said at the front end of the program, one of our slogans is we're looking for those new ways of living because the old ways don't work. Just look around you. Just look around you. They don't work. And I remember back in 2008 during that economic t- downturn, as I'll, I'll call it, a lot of people called it something else. Uh, they said... I kept hearing this from the powers that be, the people who were supposedly in control. <laughs> uh, they said, um, we've never been here before. Okay. But the solutions that they chose for a place we had never been before, they had used before. And I thought, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. Why would you use solutions for a problem you had decades ago that doesn't even resemble what we're going through now? You said it yourself. We've never been here before. Why aren't you coming up with new solutions? Uh, I mean, it goes it goes to Einstein's uh, uh, statement about um, uh, solving a problem. something different. Well, not just doing something different, but solving a problem with a uh, you cannot solve a problem with the consciousness that created it. And that's what they were doing. They were solving this problem. And again, it it went back to what we've already stated about uh, even though it's the the best, it's the best and worst at the same time that um, uh, uh, it's it's unsustainable. Capitalism is unsustainable, but it's it's all we've got. Okay. And I, I would tend to disagree only from this standpoint, uh, Tony. It's all we've got now. That doesn't mean that's all there ever is, that somebody just hasn't come up with a new model, economic model. Uh, and, and, and it's like, you mean there's a finite number of economic models? And is, econ- is the economy really supposed to be the barometer of our existence? Well, um, there, uh, capitalism is our only choice, but the but the um, choices that we make within that same model must be radically different, or we know exactly what's going to happen. It's all over but the cheering. Yeah. Um, it, you you said somebody said uh, we've never been here before. Uh, yeah, we have. We've been here seventy five times before. Yeah. That's how many major human cultures have walked the earth. All of them had one uh, uh, thing in common: they were stationary not migratory. So mm-hmm. stationary is the constant. We, a stationary culture will devolve into acquisitive behavior and all of the demands 
there too that run counter to our DNA. Mm-hmm. So we're in a fight with ourselves. We can't win. We have to understand what drives these things and we have to knock off the blame. Okay. The blame and blame rejection is a economic model. We can't disturb it. We can't disturb it, but we need to understand it. We need to understand it now. We just monetized. We, we're bringing cash registers left and right. This is unsustainable. We break no new ground there. And when that's true, you know, we, we need to get busy understanding who we are and how we got here. And only then can we outthink ourselves. Mm. We, would know who we, we would know who we are to be able to outthink ourselves. I find it very, very interesting that at the time when we have to evolve or perish by our inaction, there is also an open window of self-discovery. I find that extremely interesting. Yeah. So let's climb through it. That's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to work it until there's nothing left to work. Okay. Yeah. We believe that human beings have and have a small chance. Because when I say big chance, hit the exits because I'm full of the crap. Then mm-hmm. we have a small chance to survive ourselves. Okay. If we were not to survive ourselves, would that make us bad? No, it would make us eminently normal on a cosmic scale. Um, It's thought that all sentient intelligences tend to cancel themselves out the moment they can. And we are up against what's called the great filter. We look it up. The great filter is the only explanation to the Fermi paradox that can't be explained away. The Fermi paradox wonders where is everybody? I mean, we should be we we should be uh, we should have a traffic jam of visitors, but it's it's the great silence. Where is everybody? Enrico Fermi famously uttered those three words: "Where is everybody?" We're in a galaxy that's thirteen billion years old. It would only require one billion years for even one sentient intelligence to populate the entire galaxy, even at sublight speed. So where is everyone? And into that, the great filter intrudes and says, it's very likely that sentient species destroy themselves at the point that we are right now. So I've got this terrific challenge for the human race, and that is, let's be perhaps the first sentient species to actually make it through the filter. I have to tell you, this is fascinating stuff to consider. Um, I, I get the response to my question, does the human race deserve to, to continue on? And, of course, it's always, yes, we do, because this is a process of learning. We're, we're learning and we're, we're trying to evolve to a higher consciousness. I'm curious uh, about um, if we can address this uh, as we continue talking with Tony Wall, who's the founder of Noesis, noesisproject.com, the website. This is Tell Me Your Story. <laughs> I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I want to ask you, uh, Tony, Tony Wall, founder of uh, Noesis and the noesisproject.com, about uh, if, we can, if we can go into this, are- this area for, for a few moments anyway, uh, I want to talk a little bit or have you talk a little bit about Noesis' perspective, your perspective on the soul of our society, of our civilization, uh, even of us as individuals, is that something that is um, 
unaffected or at least uh, to a lesser degree influenced by that uh, 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 ingrained DNA cellular level stuff that you were talking about earlier that we can't escape of uh, in ourselves? Well, I'm gonna, I, chiefly an evolutionary scientist. I have to explain something. We, we're here for answers. Yes. We, 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 so uh, I said earlier, and I didn't follow up, and I do apologize. Deserves got nothing to do with it. Okay. Here's two, two things that are equally true. What we've become has no shot to survive. What we are deserves to survive. And what are we? We are peaceful, loving uh, creatures that came off 275,000 years of caring for one another. Okay. Um, we cared for one another or we died. Okay, it's that simple. We were able to get around, get to every area of the globe over the course of 275,000 years by a process of intense collaboration and cooperation. That's who we are. That met head on with a crossover period to acquisition, and that literally broke the human heart. And I want to say, I want to double down here. The human heart is broken by crossover events that nobody's fault that are fully viewable and that our hearts are broken for reasons we can see rather rather than throwing uh, aimless blame around uh, you know we, we can learn about who we are rather than rather than indulge our economic models of blame blame rejection mm -hmm. listen I, I asked a, an attorney a friend of mine one of the best in the world I hope he hears this in a lucid moment, I said to him, let me guess, tomorrow when you go to work, you're going to do one of two things. You're going to blame someone or reject someone's blame. And he said, you know what? You're absolutely correct. That's mm. all I do. I said, well, it's a model. It's not a solution. Yeah. So here we are blaming ourselves for blame. It, it, we're just paying ourselves. Yeah. We monetized our killer. We would need to make vastly different decisions within the same model where lesser beings are now necessary beings. Okay. Show me a lesser being. We're done here. We're done. That's simple. We're done. Show me a necessary being. We have a chance. Mm -hmm. Necessary and equal. You know, what's interesting is, um, and this comes to mind, and this is kind of the way this program goes. The universe asks the questions. I'm just along for the ride. And um, I did an interview with a gentleman who founded an organization down in San Diego, California, called Doors of Change. And uh, it's dealing with the homeless youth between 17 and 25. And uh, we talked about how many homeless people over the age of 25, uh, when you want to help them, they want no help from you because of their pride. In many instances, it's pride. I says, is that the same case with these young people? He says, no. Pride has nothing to do with it. It has to do with trust. They don't trust you because everybody's lied to them, and that's why they're up, out, out on the streets. And it was music that made the difference uh, because that's one of the things they do. They get instruments from all kinds of different sources, uh, bands, very well-known internationally known bands, uh, uh, rock bands and uh, this this group and that and the other, guitars and pianos and the list goes on. And when these kids who are just beginning the path towards hopefully trusting see this going on, they 
they go, wow, that's pretty cool. I want to, I'd like to do that. And, and the road, uh, the road to getting off of the streets begins to where some of these kids, I mean, he was telling me stories about some of these kids became doctors and lawyers. It's been around for, for a good, uh, uh, 10 or 15, 20 years. And, uh, they're doctors and lawyers. They've, they've made something, they they're doing something. Uh, so I'm wondering, obviously, it is possible when we start, uh, because his organization is looking at these, these young people as people of, as you put this, people of necessity. They're necessary. They're important. They're valuable. And, and I think that's one of the things that uh, maybe uh, you, we can talk a little bit about this, and that is that... Uh, we have lost the capacity to see the value in people who have different perspectives from us. Uh, well, I want to put this right out there. Um, I said human being, the human race is only recently awakened to its own madness. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, w- that means that we, our heads were, were at the uh, our nose to the rind- grindstone of acquisition. We actually looked up for the first time recently. And looked around and said, oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, it's the idea that um, so the idea that that's what's happened to us, what's calling out at us is who we are at our core. I see people coming to us like, this is all wrong. This is all wrong. It's not an opinion. No, it's a fact. It feels wrong because it is wrong where we live. Okay. Um, you know, we don't. We know why we don't have a chance. So we can now give ourselves a chance. Mm-hmm. We know why we don't have a chance. So this isn't about somebody said, uh, I need the I need the the hope, the remedy. We got the bad news. I said, no, we don't have the bad news enough. And I'm not going to soft pedal these issues. Right. I'm not going to soft pedal them. Here's the deal. We are assigned one, one, one and a half percent chance to make it out of our own smoke. Mm. Okay. Um, and then that's uh, anthropological computer models talking, not Tony or Noesis. But you can better believe that that we know our business. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we know what we're up against for a living. Okay. And we have to impart these statistics first. So people can get like, oh, my goodness. Because right now we are in full escapist mode. Yeah. Full escapist. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, what comes after escape? Surrender. Surrenders the next thing, yeah. and we will not play. No, we just will not play. No. Yeah. Um, so long as I'm drawing oxygen, this is for the children. Imagine yeah. if you have children. I don't know, but anybody that has children, if they skin their knees, it breaks our heart. Mm-hmm. How would it break our hearts if they were to awaken to despair? Okay. Not while I'm drawing oxygen. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing here. We're going to work it until there's nothing left to work. Um, we maintain that what we think has to happen, that we have to bottom out, is nonsense. Okay. All these things have to go out the window. We, you know why? Because we do bottom out. We're gone. We're mm-hmm. gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, it's not, we, even if we literally, if we survive a conflagration, we still won't know who we are. So we won't recover. We'll just we'll just survive to fall back into it again. Yeah. Okay, so if we don't 
harvest the information that's available to us. The evolutionary timeline of our species, there it is. There's where our answer is. Something we never had before. The other four things, um, climate change, pandemic, nuclear, those are noble things. We want to partner with them. We point out inconveniently that none of them ever destroyed a human culture. Perpetual conflict is on the tombstone of every last human culture. It's all around us now. Mm-hmm. This is not hard. Okay, it's not hard. What we're seeing, we're seeing clearly. So let's get busy. Yeah, yeah. We got the glasses clean. Got the windows clean. We're able to see. Uh, and and it sounds to me like uh, maybe we're starting to learn from our history. We're, we're, we're taking a serious, serious, hard look at it. I was talking with someone the other day, and, and I, I don't mean any disrespect when I say this, but I was kind of pointing out some of the, some of the things that this country has as problems. And he, all he could do is talk about what a great country this is. It was as if, and I put it this way, and again, I don't mean any disrespect to anybody. He was so wrapped, he was wrapped so tightly in the flag, I, could, I couldn't believe he was actually able to take in oxygen. He was able to breathe. He was so wrapped tightly. And he did not want to recognize that this country has problems it needs to deal with. And it's like, as human beings, we have a, a, a light side and a dark side, you know? That's just the nature of who and what we are as an individual and as well as a country. And that if we do not acknowledge all of it, there's no way that we can move on past it and grow and evolve and raise the consciousness to solve the problems that we do have, the challenges that we have in our society. And I may be, I may be completely wrong or at least... Uh, going off in a totally different direction than what you're talking about, but it just seems to me that 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 you know, um, I appreciated his opt uh, his optimism and his perspective on what a great country it is. That's why people are coming across the southern border because they want to come to the land of opportunity. Uh, then um, at the same time. Don't blame the guy in the White House for the problem. The, 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 you know, you want to change the laws. It isn't the president that does it. It's Congress. So it doesn't matter who's in the White House. If, if our legislative body will not handle the problem, then that's there. That's on them, not on that guy. It doesn't matter who's in the, in the yeah. office, okay? Yeah. And so we chatted about all these things, and we actually did come to the agreement or the understanding that these are the situations that need to be dealt with. We're just coming at it from a different perspective, and we're both kind of wanting the same thing. We're wanting to live in a place where we can, you know, raise our families and, and we can feel at peace. That's another thing, too, is feeling safe. I mean, you know, where can you, you know, go we, we, now we, and feel safe? Well, that's why the what we call political divisions is nothing more to me than then uh, essentially what tribal fear does yeah. is tribal fear one-on-one. It, 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 first thing fear chooses is safety in numbers. Yeah. This is evolutionary. So us versus them has never been more pronounced. We think we're arguing about politics. We're not. We're not. We, we're, we're, we're fearful. Okay, it's that simple. Um, never. I say I want to do a thought experiment here for everybody. Okay. If everybody would be so kind to um, imagine that 
no political leader that they liked or disliked was ever born, ever. We would be no safer from ourselves right now. We'd be having the same conversation. Mm. It's, we're looking at the human injury symptoms, the symptoms mm -hmm. of what I talked about when we crossed over into ac acquisition. We must understand what happened to us. And never mind, mm -hmm. never mind the idea. I'm sorry. To she said, you must be thinking, wait, this guy really. No worries. No worries. Um, you know, again, this gentleman who was wrapped around a flag, no blame whatsoever. You know what? It's a symptom. Yeah. You know what? It's whatever. Everybody's just acting out on injury. Yeah. Okay. Every, I want to make sure everybody understands that. We are not flawed. We are injured. We are frightened. We are broken. And that sounds to me like somebody I would want to help, not kick to the curb. Well, absolutely, and absolutely not. You're right. No, I feel the same. I feel exactly the same way. And this happens to be a relative, okay? And mm -hmm. I made sure that not only by the end of that conversation, but by the end of our being together over a period of a few days, that we were still relatives, that we were still connected, that we were still family. I was not going to allow uh, our conversation to degenerate into, well, fine, then you can just go to <laughs> wherever you want to go, and I'll go my way, and we'll never talk again. No, I, I, I don't want that. That's, that's not helping. You talked, too, about, the, and I love, the, I love what you said about sticks and stones. One of the things we talk about on this program is the power of words as well as the intention. Uh, and I use the uh, I use the example of politics and running for office and that uh, a candidate will say whatever it takes to get themselves into that office. And people say, Richard, you're so naive. It's just politics. I say, no, it's not. They used those words and those examples and those stories about the other guy and his or her foibles to get into that office of power and control. So their words have power. And you cannot escape that. And that's why I do my utmost. And again, I say on many of these programs, when I'm saying something that could conceivably be taken the wrong way, I don't mean any disrespect. I'm just, I'm trying to understand and be as respectful of the, the listener and the viewer as possible, but also to get across the point. Uh, that we may be talking about. So um, we, I have to say this. We, we, we're, again, we're talking. Uh, we're hovering over the only mathematical arrival place of the dynamics. I explained. Mm -hmm. We are here as a mathematical constant, not as any choices we've made. Sure, we have sure. No okay, I understand. So yeah. So so we are we're to, we're here to describe the liver, not the fact that the skin is yellow. Right. Right. So, but, okay. but at the same time, is it not uh, important as we are now from this moment forward acknowledging the mathematical equation, all right, acknowledging that it doesn't matter what we've said or done up to this point, that we are, – are you saying then that we cannot, through our words or actions, this point forward to into the future – we cannot change things in that regard. We have to, it, it, it has to be 
recognizing the mathematical equation and then beginning the process of coming up with solutions we've never tried before as far as like raising one's consciousness. It's going to take decades. It's take us 10,000 years to, to break down to this. Okay. We were guaranteed to get here. You know, it's going to take us decades to get out of decades. Okay. So we don't, we're not speedboats. Right, right, Human right. Beings. We're going to turn this thing in the water like an aircraft carrier or we're going to fail. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, so, so this goes to like, what are you going to do? And he says, what are you going to do? I say, that's the wrong question. The right question is what's doable. Uh, if we're going to roll out something that's not doable, everybody's going to know it. They'll hit the exits and I'll be right behind them. Yeah. Okay. So we need to understand. And now here's a good analogy in, in sports. At some point teams blow the whole team up mm-hmm. and rebuild this whole team has to be blown up. Well, we're now have to blow up humanity. We have to understand that this is a failed culture. I'm going to say it straight out. This is a failed culture to your relative. I understand your, your, uh, your feelings. I will defend your right to believe them. However, this is a failed culture. Mm-hmm. So we got to blow this up, but we can't disturb it. Now your instructions to do nothing other than observe turn into an observer. Okay. And now we can get something done. And, you know, what's going on here as opposed to look at this mess. That's where we are now. Look at this mess. Now, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. And that question is knowable. It's yeah. knowable. Yeah. So we're going to blow up the team. We're going to f- determine whether over the next hundred years, whether we can shift human thought completely by the young youngsters and the unborn evolving in with a whole new different mindset because this mindset isn't survivable right it's nobody's fault and it never was so blame misses the point entirely yeah yeah i'm with you there uh it it it, it doesn't do any good and uh it's <laughs> and i tend to say this to some of the echo chambers who are uh, castigating the other side and they're name calling and all this kind of stuff, and the only thing that I can that, that I can utter out loud to the to the speaker is, how is this helping? How tell me how does this really help to solve our problems? You know, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell and you it how it doesn't. Does. I, I actually can tell you exactly how it. It rings cash registers. Well, we yeah, okay, but it's not solving the problems that they're no, complaining it never, about. It was, never, it was never supposed to. No, I under, I understand. Done. It was the monetization of, of, of an injury. Right, right. It was never, when yeah. we say, how is this helping? We're missing the point. We're asking the wrong question. Ah. We, okay. we, we need to go like, how did this happen to us? Yeah. That's where we are. How did we get here? Yeah. Never mind describing this d- degrading landscape that we, give, we bring no value. Yeah. We are fearful of what we see. We should be. We're, we're sentient creatures who we don't know how we got here to begin with. And we see this all falling apart. Yeah. The fact that we're fearful is no sell. You know, some folks listening would say that uh, you're, you're a, a kind of a, a pessimist. But I, I would say to those who would say that, who would say that he would never have started no, the Noesis project if he were a pessimist. This project is about hope and remedy. Okay, we, you don't need us to run around a stage and tell you, tell us that this isn't going to work. 
We can go watch the latest dystopic movie together. Yeah. Okay. We are here to, to, to uh, problem solve for human sustainability by explaining why we're not sustainable first. And then go to work proving the constant at work and get people off of somebody's fault. I mean, we are missing the point so badly, but we have no choice. We have no choice. We are acting on an injury that's heretofore undiagnosed, yet alone treated. And we're here to treat an injury, hmm. not to describe the end of the world. Right. We're here to avoid it. Right, right. And obviously, so, no easy. Am I, am I a pessimist? Well, I suppose I have to be. Your doctor's a pessimist when he says, you got a bad heart. Then he gets busy telling you what to do. Yeah. And you listen, don't you? Yeah. Okay, that's why we're here. Yeah. I did that with my doctor when he told me I had type 2 diabetes and then told me that it was going to be a long road, Richard, a long road. I said, no, it's not. No, it's not. Because I know how I got here. And I know what I need to do to get back to a sustainable level of health. Uh, and I did that. And I actually got out of the type 2 diabetes range in a month and a half. Blew him away. Shocked the daylights out of him because I knew what I needed to do. And it made perfect sense and perfect logical sense. So if you want to use, you know, the math added up. And I did it. And... I don't have, I haven't had type 2 diabetes for, uh, well, it'll be two years this July that I was diagnosed, but I was back to normal by, uh, in a month and a half, so it's, it's a little less than two years that I haven't had, which is kind of great to, great to say. Well, um, it, as we wrap up, um, yeah. I'd like to address something if sure. I couldn't bring it up on my own. Um, I'm here to surprise people. We really are here to surprise people. We are completely different than anybody thinks. We're not here to address the end of the world. We're here to address what we what we might do to avoid committing to something from which we cannot return. Right. Okay? Right. Now, I want to address spirituality, please. And and everybody gets to say, "Uh oh, where's he going here?" Well, <laughs> again, again, let me surprise everybody. Look, our belief systems are central to all of us. Who the hell are we to ask anybody to part with the belief systems that help us to get to the finish line of our lives? Mm -hmm. We have a better idea. Let's survive in order to believe. Because last I looked, an extinct species tends to have no beliefs. Okay. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. there's. I want to compare a, a truism to something else. You've heard this. The world, you act like the world owes you a living. Let me give you the cosmic version of that. We act like the universe knows we're here. It doesn't. Okay. But if you want to assign divinity to it, I'll defend your right to do it. And I will fight alongside of you to defend that right. That belief, you hold on to that. Let's survive in order to believe. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd like to also believe that if we can do that, then we might then be able to move from survival mode to thrival mode to start enjoying the life that we have. Uh, every breath that we take and every step that we take, uh, you know, uh, and, and 
you know, my gosh, you know, we're here. Why, why shouldn't we enjoy our lives? You know, we don't think we just... have a lot in common. I beg to differ. We only own the present moment, all of us. Okay. You and I, you and I own only one thing, and that's the present moment. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of that, we really don't own anything. True. And and every person on Earth today owns this present moment. Mm-hmm. Boy, we we haven't figured out that we're all flying on the same spaceship. Yeah. We just we just that we're so far away from it, but. Truth that's ignored doesn't go away. No, it, it you're waits. right. You're right. Okay, it waits. It waits until it's time. Well, I would think it's time now mm-hmm. for us to climb through a window that's available to us. That's what we're going to do. And we're going to do it. Noesisproject.com is the website. My guest is uh, Tony Wall, the founder of uh, Noesis Project. Since uh, 2018, you said uh, you've been around for about six years. Uh, four years. Oh, no, no, um, it's, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, we we um, we did all the 501c3 nonprofit uh, compliance stuff by early night, early 2019. Okay. We we filmed our first video, you know, four years ago. Um, and the uh, you know we have a, a website that's which is full of the of the template that makes up our thinking, and these kinds of conversations allow me to glue it together better. You know, what we're doing here. Um, we are hopeful and remedial. We wouldn't be having this conversation if I thought we had committed. I think we have not. I think we better get busy. Yeah, I'm with you there. And that's what we're trying to do here is help people, uh, myself included, to get busy uh, and and uh, make uh, uh, and, and do what we need to do uh, to to make the changes that that will help us to be a sustainable species, a sustainable individual or human, if you will. And yeah, we're going to work it. Yeah. Everybody can blame one another. We're going to work it. Yeah, that's you know what's the only thing we can do. We can control that. That's what we're going to do. Absolutely, Tony Wall, my guest, and again, it is the. The Noesis Project, noesisproject.com. Certainly hope that you will go to the website. We will be linked to it as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host. We're talking with Tony Wall. And Tony, um, as we wrap up this program, I have three final questions that I like to ask each of my guests. You may have addressed it a little bit uh, during our program, but I like to ask them directly. But before I do... I want to address you, the listener and the viewer, and thank you for watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, as we give you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., and Mondays at 1 a.m. and 9 a.m. on Wednesdays for a special edition of Tell Me Your Story. Those times are Pacific, of course, Pacific time zone. We stream live at those times at richarddugan.com, and our podcasts are on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and we are also on YouTube where you can watch these interviews. We will also be linked. We'll have a link with the podcast to uh, Tony's website, and it is, again, the Noesis Project. Well, noesisproject.com, and we hope that you will go there to find out more about the work that uh, Noesis is doing. And um, uh, while I'm thinking about it, Tony, tell us what Noesis means. Uh, Noesis is a Greek word. Uh, it means if we take intelligence and understanding and we put it together and we deploy it properly, we would we, we would um, reach a state of what's called noesis, 
a deep understanding, um, a Greek word, uh, mm -hmm. deep understanding, we would need to bring intelligence and, you know, understanding a, a logical flow, never breaking from that. We would reach Noesis, a very deep understanding of, of our, in this case, our environment, what we're up against. Almost sounds like using the word uh, to grok from Stranger in a Strange Land, as I define it, uh, to assimilate into every subatomic particle of your being uh, the concepts and ideas uh, that, uh, that, that we're talking about here uh, to, to really uh, live live this out. Also want to remind you folks uh, to participate in the Decade of Perfect Vision, the 2020s, where we ask you to go within and uh, listen to that uh, still small voice in that quiet, peaceful, calm space. And if you like the uh, conversation that, of course, Tony and I have had or others, the, the topics that we talk about here on Tell Me Your Story, you'd like to be a part of it. Uh, we'd love to have your support financially. We have a PayPal account. It's for your security as well as ours. And we thank those who have helped and those who will help Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Sincerely appreciate all of the support that we can that we can get and that we do get here on Tell Me Your Story. And with that, let's go to our three final questions for our special guest here on the program. Uh, the Noesis Project, noesisproject.com is the website. We certainly hope that you will go there. As I said before, we will be linked. And to our first question, it is for Tony. Who is... Anthony Wall. Uh, <clears throat> thank you. Uh, Anthony Wall is, a, is a, a man who grew up in the western suburbs of Philadelphia in a large Irish Catholic family um, in, in the, you know, in the 50s and 60s and 70s when we had nine children, which was kind of smallish <laughs> in those days, um, and who then had very, very, very fortuitous um, educational opportunities. Uh, I credit everyone who allow me to, to have such great luck, you know, great neighborhood, great friends, great family, loving. We had our concerns, but who doesn't, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I'm also a guy with a story. Everybody has a story, a story. You told your story a little bit. When we're walking through hell, keep walking. Okay, it's that simple. We're all going to walk through hell. We keep walking. That's our instructions. Uh, and, and we rely on one another. That's something we've lost. That's where we live. And that's who I am. What is it that you hope to or want to achieve through the work that you are doing now? <clears throat> um, seeing it clearly, if we have success, it would mean necessarily that I'm long gone. And that I would be very, very happy to be a small asterisk in a, in a, in a sustainable future for, you, for humanity where somebody can look back and say, well, here, this guy at least started this group. What it becomes has to be much, much greater, greater over time. We need to, we need to get escape velocity to actually move the needle on sustainability. I'd be happy to be just a, an asterisk in that future reality. Mm. So I'm, I'm trying to have influence, that's all. And finally, what is your life's purpose? Um, my life's purpose is to ask everyone to 
abandon what they're seeing and go toward a forensic disposition that, it, that, that, that makes us say, what's driving this in front of me? What's going on here? As opposed to the action-reaction uh, model of blame, blame, rejection, uh, concession, uh, these ring cash registers. Go get observant and stay there. Divorce yourself from your action reaction, and then everything will just pour in on you about really what's going on here. Well, Tony Wall, I want to thank you so much for the time today talking about uh, Noesis, the Noesis Project. The website, again, noesisproject.com, and I hope people will check out the work that you're doing and get involved. I would assume that people uh, can become a part of the Noesis Project? Um, I can only say this. I am an accessible man. Uh, you know, if you're coming out for human sustainability, <laughs> it would probably be a real good idea if you didn't become if you stayed accessible. Mm -hmm. So anybody wants to join us, co-create. You got great ideas. You can make this better. We will assimilate them. We will assimilate them. That's what a future sustainable human being would do. Mm. We would assimilate the positions of others if we can see material fact. So you want answers? You want to learn more about us? Call me. I'll pick up the phone. All right. Well, folks, you know, there's contact information on the website, noesisproject.com. I am Richard Dugan, and you have been listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, the new, new paradigms for a new world, as we are giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And until our next broadcast, podcast, videocast, love to Lal and Jeanette, I'm listening.